0: This is The Jerry Callahan Show. I have a proposal for a trade. You know, this is what I used to do every day, all day, trades. You know, give us your best trade, uh, Major League Baseball, NFL, whatever. But... Uh, it's a little different, my trade. I'm uh, speaking for the people of Massachusetts, mainly the people of Boston, and I'm proposing a trade with the state of Louisiana, and I am ready. It's going to be like Kevin Durant to Phoenix. I, I'm you, You're just not going to believe what I'm willing to offer. I'm willing to offer all the worthless Kennedys we have here in New England, all of them, I'll give you the Kennedy Library, the Kennedy Center. I'll give you the Kennedy Greenway, which is the most valuable real estate in Boston, a whole strip of green land in the middle of the city named after Rose Kennedy, a woman that just had a bunch of kids. That's all she did, had a bunch of babies. And they named the best piece of land in the city after her. You can have that. Any, anything you want. Schools. We have schools named after Kennedy's. We have federal buildings named after Kennedy's. You can have them all. All I want back is one guy. I want John Kennedy, your John Kennedy. I want Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, who is a national treasure. Everybody sees him on cable news. He's funny as hell. He's a wise ass. He's smart. And he's the best guy when it comes to interrogating people at these hearings, gets them under oath and humiliates them. We told you we played a couple of weeks ago when he had a judge who was nominated by Joe Biden because she doesn't have a penis. That's top criteria. I think she's some. she's got some other minority box checked. I forget. But uh, he asked her, what's Article 5? And she said, I don't know. What's Article 2? I don't know. Couldn't be more basic. And she was dumbfounded, absolutely unqualified to be a federal judge. But again, it's all about checking boxes with the Biden administration. And John Kennedy humiliated her. Well, Yesterday, John Kennedy, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, uh, had a couple of global warming nut jobs, a couple of climate cults, cultists before him under oath, and he kept it simple. That's what he does so beautifully, by the way. He keeps everything simple. I want to get to the whole Q&A. It's only three minutes long, but it it does more to expose the utter insanity of the climate craze of the climate mania than anything. I mean, we talk about this all the time. We talk about the biggest frauds in America, John Kerry. You know what? We'll throw him in, too. You can have him, too. He, he always wanted to be a Kennedy. Well, he's uh, he's he's JFK and uh, he's he's as worthless as anybody. Uh, big news today, by the way, on the Kerry front. He sold his private jet. Does that mean he's flying commercial? Of course not. He's just going to lease back the jet from the company they sold it to. It was all just, uh, it was all just uh, shell game, you know, but look at me. I sold my jet. Trust me. He will not, you will not see him on spirit airlines. But anyway, back to John Kennedy, he had a couple of guys saying that we must do everything and anything to get to carbon neutral, that is just a pipe dream that's just insanity it can't happen it won't happen i uh, guys we need guys like john kennedy who are fearless who are ready to stand up for big oil and big natural gas and and nukes and uh, and uh, uh, shale and uh, fracking and all these things that made that have made our lives so comfortable and convenient The climate cultists want to destroy it all. We know that. We hear from them all the time. It's got nothing to do with the environment. It's got nothing to do with the temperature of the earth. It's just the most massive power grab, the biggest grift of all time. They want to do this to change the temperature of the earth, even though it would do nothing of the sort. It would have no effect at all because um, China, India, Asia, South America, Russia, they're not going to do it. It's just this this, this 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 virtue signaling nonsense that's limited to the United States and Western Europe. We could do all the things these people want to do. We could eliminate uh, gas powered vehicles and uh, we could uh, did, uh, you know get rid of cows and meat and cow farts and and SUVs and plastic straws and every single thing they want to do. They could make every yellow school bus in America electric, which is also known as coal powered. We could do that. We could get all our vehicles powered by coal, none of them by gasoline. It would do nothing. It would have zero effect. And we need more people like John Kennedy to call this out. These people want to destroy. They want to ruin everything that's great about this country. They want to make our lives more difficult. They want to spend money we don't have and not just a billion here, a billion there, trillions and trillions and trillions. And they have useful idiots in powerful positions like John Kerry. And they have scam artists like Al Gore, who's gotten filthy rich on this grift. And they have dummies like AOC and Ed Markey out front, Saying how we're Bernie Sanders saying we're all gonna die in eight years. It's a lie, but unfortunately, they have managed to infect to poison the minds of, of hundreds of, of millions of people who think that we have to do something or we're all it's it's just it's a it's a death cult. It's a doomsday cult, and like all doomsday cults. They're, they're, there's, it's not based in reality, it's based in fear. Let's get everybody scared to death, literally frightened for their lives. And then they'll say, you know what? I think I better get an electric car and then maybe the world won't end in eight years. Any reasonable, rational person knows it's utter insanity. It's illogical. It's, it's anti-human. They want to go back to the dark ages. They want to make our lives more difficult. And uh, there's just so few people who have the guts to call them out. They've the, the reason they go back to the science is settled. there's no place for skeptics and kick them off social media if they dare question the cult. The reason they do that is they can't argue on the issue. They can't argue with facts. If they try, they fail invariably. I mean, I do this all the time. I tweet about these nuts and I and I, and I attack Kerry and AOC and invariably get people say, oh, don't you care about your children and grandchildren and the earth, we're going to leave them? Of course I do. That's why I want to stop this madness. I want my kids to have all the wonderful innovations and all the wonderful comforts and conveniences that I've had. And, and, and I want them to keep innovating scientifically and find more ways to run this country, run this world efficiently. And uh, that's, that's what will happen. You know, if we, we we have enough oil, as we've talked about many times in this country, in one spot in Texas and New Mexico, one big area down there to fuel this country for 200 years. That's exactly what we should do. The idea that shutting off pipelines, stopping drilling is, is, is going to help, us, make us a healthier planet, is utter madness. And everybody at heart knows it. I realize there's lots of stupid people see AOC and Ed Markey who just follow blindly and say, get rid of oil or we're all going to die. But no smart person believes that. No smart person thinks the solution here to whatever, to this made up problem, is to stop using our oil. Oil is a gift from God. (laughs) It has made our lives what they are. It has made it, made this, this world what it is today. Without it, we'd all be living like they're living in, in third world countries. You know, we'd all be struggling right now. But fortunately, we do have people like the wonderful John Kennedy on that on that fence, fighting this fight for us, and uh, I gotta say, this was glorious. I, I saw this last night. I retweeted it. I I, I, I couldn't. I, I watched it too a couple times, and it's, he just does. He's just so good at this. Uh, I don't even know who these guys are. They're cult. They're cultists. They're climate cultists. Whose answer to everything is, we have to do it. What if, What if it costs fifty trillion? I don't care. We have to. What if it bankrupts the country? What if our children and grandchildren don't enjoy the conveniences, including not just, you know, power, energy, but innovation invention. What if they don't enjoy those things like we did? Who cares? Stop big oil. That's their answer to everything. It makes no sense. It's dangerous. It's frightening to think these, how powerful these people are and the, and the, and, and, you know, and, and the advancements they've made in this crazy this crazy fight to destroy this country and fundamentally change this country. Well, back to John. John, Kisena, I wish he wasn't named John Kennedy. He's just so great. I wish he had, I wish he'd use his middle name or something. Let me he check. Should, what is, he should
1: be Stu Kennedy.
0: <laughs> you think he's a Stu? Yeah, he looks like a Stu. His middle name is Neely, like Cam Neely. He's 71 years old and uh, he is still sharper's attack. tack. I don't think anyone in the Senate is any sharper than he is. Oh, by the way, right now, as we speak, Joe Biden is heading to his physical, his annual physical. Oh no. And what are the chances that they will tell us uh, the truth about this? That's the problem. I just saw uh, Jerome Adams, former uh, Surgeon General, talking about this. And the, the fact is they tell you what they want to tell you. They could go in there and they could find... They, you know, advanced uh, dementia. They could find all kinds of cognitive issues. A, a, an aneurysm. They're not going to tell us. I mean, the Biden administration doesn't tell us the truth about anything. You think they're going to tell us the truth about Joe Biden's physical condition after he's done with this uh, exam he has today? And before we get to, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but before we get to Kennedy, Joe Biden day, whatever it is, five since we shot down weather balloons or inflatable gorillas that escaped from, uh, that, that floated up from uh, used car lots or whatever those things are in front of those things that wave their arms in front of used car lots that look like Gumby. We shot those down Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We know that. We used Sidewinder. We, we wasted millions of dollars worth of uh, Sidewinder missiles and we took them out. Joe Biden still hasn't said a word about it. It's <laughs> just incredible. There's your, uh, there's your media really digging in, making this guy uh, accountable. Hasn't said a word. That's that's a, uh, Ironhead has on the screen a picture of Joe Biden with a bodybuilder's. That's all it was about was proving that Joe Biden is tough. He's tough on China. <laughs> so he took out some weather balloon from some uh, you know from the Weather Channel, or he took up some device from a used car lot over Canada over Lake Huron to look tough he's not messing around anymore it's utter it's irresponsible reckless and the media doesn't seem to care not that much they've, they've asked a few questions of cringe John Pierre and John Kirby but the only the big question is why doesn't have our commander-in-chief who allegedly gave the order have the guts to stand up and and tell us why tell us about it tell us how he came to the decision to fire those missiles. He's such a coward. He's not just incompetent. He's not just a liar, but he is gutless. You should be, this should be required. Day one should have been Monday morning in front of the cameras. Let me tell you what happened over the weekend. Instead, he hides. He makes an appearance and just lies about the economy or about a big oil. He literally talked about getting rid of big oil yesterday and nothing about the uh, the weather balloons or the other objects that we took out with the Sidewinders. Nothing, and nothing about East Palestine, which we can get to that too. It's just uh, incredible how unaccountable, how not transparent this administration, this president is. And I got a question, why can't John Kennedy run for uh, president? Why can't he be in the mix? Why not, you know we're gonna have about a dozen uh, Republicans up on stage fighting with Trump. I would love to see this man up there in a debate, debating the issues, zinging those one-liners. He's 71. He's a little old, but he's, what, six years, five years younger than uh, Donald Trump. He's nine years younger than Joe Biden. Why not? Someone, I mean, I guess he's doing a a great job in the Senate. We wouldn't want to lose him, but I would love to see him just up there slugging it out with the lightweights like... uh, Mike Pence and Nikki Haley. But anyway, let's get to it on the Senate. uh, In the Senate hearing yesterday, John Kennedy uh, asking questions, didn't attack, wasn't, you know, wasn't screaming, yelling, wasn't uh, overly aggressive. Uh, John Kennedy questioning a couple of climate cultists.
2: Go ahead. Dr. Litterman, how much will it cost to make the United States of America carbon neutral by 2050? I don't know, sir. So you're advocating we do these things, but you don't know the ultimate cost?
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I, I certainly don't know the ultimate cost, and it's very uncertain. It depends Hansen, on, it, it depends much on it will
2: cost innovations.
1: Make? It depends on...
2: I, I, I'm just trying to lay a foundation here to understand your expert testimony. Dr. do you know how much it will cost to make the United States of America carbon neutral by 2050? Depends how you do it. If we do it all in the federal budget with directed things, it'll be super expensive. Public and private dollars. Sorry? Public and private dollars. It's uh, it's ultimately private dollars anyway. Yeah, I agree. So how much? You're going to look at $50 trillion. $50 trillion. Okay, thank you. If we make the United States of America carbon neutral by two thousand fifty, by spending fifty trillion dollars, which you're advocating, I gather. No. Okay. Then strike that last part. I'm wrong. You're not advocating. You're advocating something. Um if you're gonna do something, do if, something smart. That's what I advocated. Okay. If we spend fifty trillion dollars to make the United States of America carbon neutral by 2050. How much will that lower world temperatures? I can't that because we don't know what China and India and the rest of the globe has done. Okay. Have you had heard anybody from the Biden administration say how much it will lower world temperatures? No. Does anybody know how much it will lower world temperatures? No? No one okay, can know for sure. Okay. Dr. Litterman. Yes. If we spend $50 trillion or however much it takes to make the United States carbon neutral by 2050, how much will it lower world temperatures? Senator, that depends on the rest of the world. We have to work with the rest of the world. We're in this together. Well, it's one if, world. We can't build a wall around what if, the United what States if, and say... What if... What if... What if we spend fifty trillion dollars. Europe cooperates. Most Western democracies cooperate, but India and China don't. How much will our fifty trillion dollars lower world temperature? We're in this together, Senator. We how have to get will, the world to you, work together. How much? I, understand, I get that. Okay. How much will lower world temperatures if China and India do not help? Yes. I don't know. Okay.
0: That <laughs> ah, I love the span. That that right there, the last line of questioning, is all you need to hear. That's all that matters. There is no indication that China and India and Africa and South America are gonna go to the extremes we go. We are doing this. Just to, This is the ultimate virtue signal, just the ultimate way to show we care about the earth. So we'll destroy our economy, we'll destroy whole industries, we'll leave this gift from God in the ground and, and go carbon neutral, and China will laugh at us. China's building a new coal-powered fire, fire, power plant every two weeks. They're not playing along, they're not going along. India is not going along. Russia, please. South America, Africa. I mean, uh, how about third world countries? You want them to be carbon neutral? Some places they don't even have running water and, and, and electricity and functioning hospitals. And we're supposed to say, oh, no, you can't advance. You can't live like we live. We're trying to save the planet. It's such utter nonsense. And so few people will call it out. That is perfect. That clown, Dr. Liederman. It, it, he's He's never challenged, and certainly not with that kind of that kind of direct just hit. Just you know, tell us if they don't cooperate, how much will it lower world temperatures? Everyone knows it won't. Everyone, even 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 liars like that, grifters like that can't come up with a number, an answer that makes any sense. He would be it, it would be a joke if he said, oh, it lower temperatures two degrees. He'd be just making it up. We need more of this. We need more people to wake up. The the schools and the universities are poisoning the minds of young people and they think, you know, I got to lay down in traffic or throw tomato soup on a painting because the world's getting hotter and we're all going to die. It's a lie. And we allow people to lie to our children and, 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 and indoctrinate our children. We need some push, more pushback like that. And I give them credit because I could never be that measured, that calm. I'd be like, you freaking clowns. You have no idea how much it'll lower world temperatures. And you don't even know if it matters if we lower the temperature a degree. And 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 we we just blindly, we, many, many, so many people, millions and millions, just blindly go along with, they listen to a, a nineteen-year-old autistic high school dropout who just came out with a book, by the way, and, and I assume some adults will buy it and read it and believe it and follow it. And it's like, what is wrong with you people? You're going to listen to a, a Swedish truant <laughs> who's telling you you have to stop, you know, driving your car or flying in an airplane, or we're going to die. It's just, it, it's the ultimate. uh, the ultimate attempt to use fear. Uh, There there was a great book 20 years ago. I've talked about it many times. It had an impression on me by Michael Crichton, the late, great Michael Crichton. Tucker mentioned it the other day about environmental terrorism and the lengths they will go to put people in fear, to make them think that if we don't play along, we're all going to burn up and die. I mean, I understand all cults, most cults are death cults, you know, Jim Jones and those weirdos and the Nikes that they, they were going to fly off and take, they, they killed themselves and said they were going to take off on a spaceship. They're, it's all about, you know, dying and going someplace else. This is the ultimate death cult with hundreds and maybe billions of people following blindly. And uh, God bless this man. And it was just so perfect. How much would it go? Oh, 50 trillion. Oh, Great. Sign me up, 50 trillion to go carbon neutral. Excuse me, what will that do? Ah, eh, We don't know, let's just spend it and find out. That's their answer. Let's just do it and find out, if we don't we'll die. How do, how do, how do so many people, I know smart people, friends and family and they buy into this and I go, where'd you get the idea that we were gonna die? The, the world was gonna be a ball of flames if we don't follow along with this crazy New Deal, Green New Deal nonsense. And I say, oh, I I learned it in school or I read it in the New York Times. wake up. You are being played, everybody. You are being played. I don't know. This has been a great week, by the way, for hearings. And we're not through. We have other hearings. We have a great hearing, a great moment in a hearing in Arkansas. We'll get to that because uh, I think I, I, I... nothing is more important than calling out these climate clowns because they're hell bent on destroying the economy. and destroying our way of life and they must be stopped. But as we've mentioned many times, the trans cult is uh, being, uh, being challenged these days, being uh, called out. And the beauty of this is that the trans cult, uh, like, I guess a lot like the climate cult, they do not have answers. They cannot have a logical uh, fact-based debate. they you know, they'll just call you a bigot, scream at you and tell you, you know, you want to hurt children when it's just the opposite. The people like our friend Billboard Chris and Libs of TikTok and Matt Walsh, they're out there fighting for children, protecting children. The trans cult wants children. They want to indoctrinate children and they want to uh, hurt kids. They really do. Uh, and when you have this discussion and they'll say, oh, would you rather their, their, their only argument is if we don't perform surgery or give drugs to confused kids, they'll kill themselves. And to me, that's always been the most illogical argument. So a kid, a confused boy, doesn't know whether he's a boy or a girl, he's getting all this crazy information from all sides and he's online and he's being indoctrinated and he's being lied to. So the answer is let's cut off his penis? Okay, so he'll feel better. He'll never have kids. He'll never have an orgasm. He'll never live. He'll never be, uh, uh, he'll be sterile and he'll feel better. Okay, sure. Yeah, makes makes perfect sense. Oh, the girl. Oh, she's very confused. I know what we'll do. We'll cut off her breasts. We'll cut off part of her arm and form a phallic thing and she'll feel better and she won't kill herself. She'll be happy. She'll have to go to the doctor like every 10 days and get drugs and do, but she'll feel better. I mean, it's the most illogical argument. I mean, you could say we must give these kids care and support and counseling and therapy, and absolutely, we should. That's a long way from there to, to surgery, to puberty blockers, to permanent changes to their bodies. Kids, I, you just can't make the case without sounding, without sounding like a lunatic. Yes, we should give 12-year-old kids surgeries, I mean, if, and they don't want to talk about it that way. They want to call it gender affirming care to help kids, but they are pushing surgery. We learn more and more about this. A lot more is being brought to light. They did it in the darkness. They did it secretly for a long time. But thanks to these these good folks like, like Bill Boyd Chris and Libs of Tick, thanks. we're learning more and more and finding out more and more about this utter madness in these clinics and what they're doing to kids and how they're They're, they're, they're putting them on the fast track to life changing procedures and, 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 and drugs. And it's just wrong. And many states, certainly not the blue states, but many states are taking action. They're banning surgeries for, on kids, drugs for kids. You want to do that? Wait, wait till you're 18, 21, whatever. Wait, it's still insane, but you could do it, do whatever you want as as an adult, in Arkansas, they're debating a bill, uh, once again, involving gender-affirming care for kids. And there was a moment yesterday that went viral, and it is perfect uh, because it makes everybody uncomfortable. And that's what you got to do. I, I, will, I will defend this Arkansas representative who is questioning a doctor who happens to be a male doctor who's trans, a trans woman, a, a man who is presenting as a woman and a doctor. Gee, guess which side she's on. <laughs> guess what she wants to do with confused 12-year-old boys or, or girls. But we'll play the clip. It's real quick. And, it, and, it's, uh, and the, I hope we have the, uh, the reaction in the room, in the uh, hearing to it. But uh, let's play it and I will defend it. Go ahead.
2: You said that you're a trans woman. I trans female, yes, ma'am sir. Do you have a penis? Uh Uh (laughs) That's horrible. You're the one you're the one that brought that into the
1: discussion.
0: How rude of you. That that is uh, her name is Gwendolyn Herzig. She's a pharmacist. <laughs> She's a doctor and a pharmacist. Republican state Senator Matt McKee asked her if she had a penis. The audiences were from NBC. The audience erupted in some audibly gasped, and at least one person shouted disgraceful. Uh, Herzog, who holds a doctorate in pharmacy, then added, I'm a healthcare professional, a doctor. Please treat me as such. Next question, please. Well, that's all well and good, but... Uh, what do they, what What are we talking about here? What are we talking about? We're talking about um, life-changing, gender-altering surgeries on kids. So she's up advocating for it. Isn't it a good question to say, did you do it? I mean, you you look like a, well, you're trying to look like a woman. You get the hair, dress. Did, did you do it? I mean, that would be another way of asking. You want, uh, you want, you support this care, uh, these surgeries on kids, on gender-confused children, did you do it?
1: What's wrong with that? I will I will say, though, I've seen worse. I mean, I know there's a table blocking the, you know, giant calves in the size 14 shoe, but no, I've seen worse for sure.
0: No, she, she's carrying it out. He's carrying it out okay, pretty well. But why is that inappropriate? Uh, the, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's the, the subject matter. You'd think it would be fine. The hearing is on treatment for minors, gender treatment for minors. That would be surgeries and drugs. And he wants to know if this advocate, this pharmacist felt so strongly about it that he went, isn't that what everybody wonders? Don't you wonder that with the, didn't we ask that with Leah Thomas and we will get to him and everybody, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, don't you, people wonder, did you do it? I mean, you want to dress as a woman and, and change your name? That's one thing, but it's pretty drastic to go under the knife. And it's utter insanity for a child to go under the knife. And that's what this person's advocating. That's what all these gender affirming advocates are supporting. Surgeries, life altering surgeries for kids. You hear from some of these detransitioners, Chloe uh, Cole, who's out front. She's, she's gosh, great. Uh, you know, she went through it, regretted it. And the mob, these trans mobs, shout her down and, and threaten her life. You know they threaten. Obviously, they threaten lives of TikTok for reposting what the, these lunatics post. Um, but uh, you you say you you know you can change your name, call yourself a woman. Go go nuts, Craig. You want kids to to remove their body parts? You want a young girl to cut? And I've seen this the video cut a big chunk out of her arm. So some lunatic f- surgeon can pretend it's a it's a penis. They don't want to have that discussion. They don't want to have be that honest. They don't want to be that that candid. They just want to say it's about helping kids so that don't kill themselves. I'm sorry. Cutting a hunk of flesh out of a girl's arm to form a phallic thing is not saving her life. You can never convince me of that. No, you couldn't convince any honest person of that. Their their solution to this is shout you down and hide. They are going after the New York Times now. The mob is going after the new, we're looking at, that's not the video I was talking about, that's a pound of Hamburg. I'm sorry, uh, wrong one. Yeah, sorry, it, It's it, you keep looking. But they're going after the New York Times because <laughs> the New York Times had the had the audacity to do a story about detransitioners or people who regret going through with it. So they, they're the mob and they are the most ruthless, vicious mob He's going after the New York times, calling them transphobes. That's when you know you got them on the run when the New York times has a rare moment of honesty and calls them out. And then they turn on their, on what was used to be the official website or the official newsletter of the trans mob. And if the, if the Boston globe is so insignificant, and irrelevant, it doesn't count. But that's I'm sure they, you'll never see something like that in the Boston Globe. But uh, they generally felt like they controlled the mainstream media and that control is slipping away and they can't handle it. But uh, hopefully there'll be more state reps, state senators have the guts of this guy, Matt McKee, to call out these frauds. I want to get to Leah Thomas. While we're on the subject, this was remarkable what we learned about Leah Thomas and I gotta say Ironhead I feel kind of vindicated because this was sort of kind of my theory all along about Leah Thomas of what he was up to why he was doing it I think we get some confirmation he's a freak all right. he's a freak he's not he doesn't think he's a girl he dresses and presents himself as a girl for a different reason which we learned about yesterday and uh (laughs) We got to get to that. And uh, we also have uh, Chris Cuomo having a meltdown. We have CNN, Chris Cuomo's former employer, Jake Tapper and Bob Costas discussing why Eric Biennemi hasn't gotten the head coaching job. You're never gonna guess. You're never gonna guess their theory. But uh, first, are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just for taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why i have partnered with a great company, GoldCo, so you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, a 2022 company of the year with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last, if you call them today. Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by the tens of thousands, and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Call 855-735-3740 today. That's eight five five seven three five three seven four zero. 735 3740 I t- try to try to follow me on this one. This was a pretty wild day. Another this was a pretty bad day for the trans mob. And if it's a bad day for the trans mob, it's a good day for children in America. Uh and it's a good day for sanity in America. Um if I think most people know who Riley Gaines is at this point. We can hear from Riley in a minute, but uh, she is the face of courage in in, in this day and age to me. She's a profile in courage. She's a swimmer at the university of Kentucky. She had the guts to call out Leah Thomas when Leah Thomas was kicking ass in the pool and the media was, uh, was afraid to tell the truth about Leah. I talked about this many, many times. Um, Uh, uh, But for uh, Riley Gaines, as a reminder, uh, went against Leah Thomas, not all year. She wasn't in the Ivy League when Leah was kicking ass. But she went against him in the NCAA championships. And in one race, she tied him. They both finished fifth. And they told him, they told her that they had to give him the trophy, not her. They said they would mail her one. Why? for the photos, they they wanted Leah Thomas. These people are just, just vile. They, they celebrated this man, this six-foot, four-inch, 200-pound man with this long wingspan beating up on the girls. Here's, here's the big, here's the headline, is the, the left, the liberals, the, the people who support this, don't care about girls. They don't care about women. They're celebrating a man beating women as if that's a good thing. You know, they celebrate, they celebrate Rachel Levine being the first woman admiral or whatever the hell she is. He is, um, and and taking the job from a a real woman, an actual woman, they celebrate that. A guy who transitioned in his fifties, a guy who has grown kids one day showed up at a dress and they said, isn't that wonderful? We, you know, girl power. But Riley Gaines has been absolutely heroic calling this out. And I think it's one thing to talk about the pool, what happens in the pool, what happens, and how he's just dominant and how he's just has such a physical uh, advantage over the girls and how everybody knows it's not on the level. He's a cheater, he's a bully and a cheater. A guy who races girls is a cheater and a bully, but he's also a freak. I said this at the time, it didn't get a lot of coverage, but the girls, one or two of them, Riley Gaines and one or two others, mostly anonymously for, for, and I understand why, because if you come out and, uh, speak out against this, the university of Pennsylvania, if his teammates, his female teammates spoke out against them, they sent them to therapy. They forced them to sit down with an LBGTQ advocate to learn more, you know, and celebrate Leah's transition. It was their fault. They were bigots. Um, but at the time, they mentioned this once or twice, and it didn't get a lot of play, that he liked to walk around the locker room naked. He didn't go through any procedures, no surgeries. He just grew his hair out and changed his name. And it. he got excited in the locker room. A 22, 22-year-old 20, man, in all his glory, around 18-year-old girls, naked. And that's okay? That's okay. That's celebrating him. This is the ultimate narcissism. You, you, you indulge the narcissism of one person and you make all the other people around him uncomfortable, unhappy, miserable, and you're supposed to think that's a good thing. The, the power of the small minority is just so crazy. Yeah, let's all let this guy walk around naked around 18 and 19-year-old girls, probably never, some probably never seen a naked man, and they're looking at their teammate, and then they get dressed after that, and they go out in the pool, and he kicks their ass. And somehow, you know, Sports Illustrated thinks that's wonderful. Somehow uh, Penn, University of Penn, names her Woman of the Year. <laughs> oh, by the way, every time I mention SI, One of the women he beat uh, in one one of the races, she finished fourth. He finished third, I think. Her father is a senior writer for Sports Illustrated, and he didn't have the guts to call it out. He just said, hey, you know, it's lovely for Leah. His own daughter lost to this guy, and he didn't have the balls to call it out. But here's what we learned yesterday. Uh, um, Riley Gans went on with uh, the Daily Wire's sports show, uh, Crane and company. And they talked about this, uh, the the revelation, and they talked about everything, everything wrong with the situation, obviously, but here's a revelation that we learned from this, that Leah Thomas has two, I believe Instagram accounts, or are they Twitter accounts? Um, is it Instagram? doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah, Instagram. Leah has two Instagram accounts. This is from uh, Jake Crane, the host of the Daily Wire Sports Show. His public account is Leah K. Thomas, featuring a small handful of generic photos promoting messages like, let trans kids play. Then there's a private account, Leah Thomas, spelled T-H-I-M-A-S. They found this, and it is some weird stuff. It's all about... Pat Forty, yeah, that's the writer at Sports Illustrated. His daughter lost to Clea Thomas, and he didn't didn't have a problem with it. Boy, some people are just there's no limit to to how far they will go to indulge this insanity. Uh, um, uh, Crane writes in our research, we found the uh, the 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 Instagram account, the seg- secret second Instagram account, is all about AGP. You know what that is, Iron Ed? I sure didn't. Autogynophilia. Autogynophilia is a thing. It's a fetish. A, when a guy gets turned on thinking about himself as a woman, it's uh, AGP is a male's pro- propensity to be sexually aroused by the thought of himself as a woman. That's what he's into. What does that mean? That means he knows he's not a woman. He's, he's, just pl- he's just living out his fantasy, living out his fetish. He likes to think of himself as a woman. It turns him on. You know, whatever turns you on, that's fine. That's his thing. Why do we all have to participate in this? Why do these girls, if you look watching on the screen, that's him on the left in case you weren't, oh, I'm sorry, the name's there, so now it's all cleared up. That's him, 6'3", you know, huge wingspan, big feet great swimmer, actually mediocre male swimmer, great female swimmer. And these are the second, third, and fourth place finishers uh, off to the side having a moment. But uh, he knows he's not a woman. He, he thinks he just gets turned on by the thought of his woman, just like he gets turned on by the thought of making the girls uncomfortable in the locker room. Just by he gets turned on at the by the thought of himself Beating them in the pool and making their parents and the fans and some in the media uncomfortable—that's his thing. That's his fetish, and we're all indulging it. That was the revelation that he's into this auto That's his thing, and it's—it's it's got all kinds of pictures of him with his friends, and they are freaky. Uh, he's got one; his girlfriend, or whatever, his partner, his friend uh, has a jar with two balls in it. And we were left to wonder if they are real or not, but actually they're not hers. I mean, his because he does a picture in a bathing suit, his girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And uh, she still got her. He's still got her. Uh, he still has her, uh, the parts he was born with the parts, you know, when the doctor assigned him a gender, but I think this tells us a lot. And I think everybody who indulged this freaks, things fetish should be ashamed. You did that the expense of girls who worked their whole lives to 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 win, to do their best in the pool, and they lost to this guy who was just living out his fantasy. And the media and the schools and the Ivy League and the NCAA all participated in it, indulged him and, all, and did it all at the expense of these girls. It's just disgusting. I'm here, I'm fighting for girls, for women, they don't care about girls and women. They do not care. They they care about the cult. But uh, good for uh, good for Daily Wire for calling it out. Good for that Arkansas Democrat. We need more people to push back. I think it's. I think things are changing. I really do. Yeah. Let's hear. I would love somebody to uh, who thinks this is okay. Love for somebody to listen to Miley Riley Gaines and tell me she's wrong and tell me she's a bigot. I the thought of listening to her and saying, eh, shut up, you know, just take it. Take it like a man. The guy's going to beat your ass and take your trophy and break your records, and uh, you're just supposed to go along with it in the name of girl power. Let's listen to Riley Gaines for a minute.
3: No one has asked us how we felt. We we exist to validate a male's identity. Um, but the Ivy League, Leah Thomas' teammates, actually, when they were concerned about the locker room situation and they sent an email to um, the Ivy League and the NCAA, their response was, here's some counseling resources you should seek if you s- if you feel comfortable seeing male genitalia in your locker room. And then they were referred to the LGBTQ Education Center to educate themselves on the oppression that these athletes are dealing with. So no one within the NCAA is willing to acknowledge us, our feelings, our safety, our privacy. Um, I've really tried. I feel like it's really only happened like the past couple weeks where I like get emotional talking about like the locker room scene because it is just so wild that you can turn around and see a 6'4 biological man pull his pants down watching you undress and no one is willing to stick up for you.
0: That is so perfect. You're an 18, 19 year old girl. You got a 6'4 guy walking around naked, full head of steam, and you're supposed to say, "Just, you know, that's the way it goes." He he feels like a woman, and I'm supposed to be comfortable with that. Nobody's going to defend me. It's incredible how, how the the liberal, the Democrats, the media have abandoned girls. Just said, "The hell with you." We gotta we gotta make sure he's comfortable. We got to indulge his fetish, but look at him. God, what a disgrace. I mean, he's got his name in the record book for the women in in the NCAA swim. He holds records. He has trophies and he has people like he has media outlets like sports illustrated, which by the way, is undergoing big layoffs and big cuts. And I can't understand why. And they just think this is wonderful. This guy beating up on the girls. Well, we got to move on. We got to move on. Let's get to, let's get to Jake Tapper and Bob Costas uh, and Chris Cuomo. Let's get to my, let's do Shea and then we'll get to these guys. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to Shayconcrete.com to learn more. Also... You can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. Uh, it's the most predictable thing every year, every day. You know, the week after the Super Bowl is marked by a couple things. The championship parade in which players get fallen down drunk and certain members of the media or certain people on social media call them out and tell them what bad examples they are. Brady, Brady who would lived the cleanest lifestyle. Didn't 364 days a year. Didn't drink, you know, didn't eat sugar, you know, didn't was, we all know what he did had the most incredible diet. And once a year for seven, seven years, at least, he got really drunk and a victory parade. And uh, when he won in Tampa, the backup quarterback had to carry him to the car great. and drive him home. And you know, everyone's guzzling beers and throwing them in, and just they just go nuts, they go overboard. It's a long season, it's a tough season. They win, it's uh, they, they they blow off steam. Patrick Mahomes did it yesterday. He was guzzling beers, he was wearing uh, ski goggles on the on the boats, the duck boat, well, not duck boats, whatever they are, trucks for the Kansas City parade. I think the crowd was fairly mellow compared to some of the parades we've seen in Boston, certainly compared to what would have happened in Philly. But uh, Ross Tucker. Former player, just kind of media guy who's who's been around said it was disgusting, what a bad example he's setting for the kids. And I'm like, a guy sets a great example most of the time. You know, hell, every time he does a speech, he talks about all glory to God and Jesus. And I mean, he seems like a decent guy. And once a year, or hell, for him, it's only twice so far. He he has a little bit too much to drink. And he's supposed to, at that point, think, I don't want to do this because of the kids. I mean, come on. As I mean, as many people said, he has to go home to that wife. <laughs> he, has <laughs> to, he has to listen to that brother. Uh, I can't, uh, can't <laughs> say I wouldn't get just as uh, wasted if that were me in that uh, situation. But he says, this is <laughs> disgusting. There are children watching who look up to him. there was only one shot that I saw of him guzzling an entire beer and just kind of stumbling a little, Uh, you know, it happens. It happens. Brady threw the Lombardi trophy from a boat to a different boat. Yeah. And they caught it. Thankfully (laughs) they (laughs) caught it. (laughs) But uh, along with that, the other annual tradition is uh, the bunch of coaches get fired. Bunch of other coaches get hired and the media focuses on one thing and one thing only what color are the new guys? It's the most remarkable dichotomy. I find this and I've done talked about this so many times. We don't think NFL owners, GMs, would ever pick players depend you know, on uh, what color they are. You know, they never, oh, they picked that guy cause he's white or that guy cause he's black or whatever. We, we think, I believe it's the ultimate meritocracy. You must win to survive. Owners, players, coaches, everybody, front offices, fans, winning is like all that matters. Everybody's determined to win, especially in the NFL. You have a salary cap. You rarely hear teams are being accused of, you know, going cheap to save money. Everybody wants to put the best team on the field. Everybody wants to win, except when it comes to hiring coaches. Then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're Bull Connor, they're, they're Robert Bird. Somehow they're racist when it comes to hiring a coach. And it feels like we've been years past that. There's lots of black guys who've been hired, fired, hired again, plenty of black coaches. And in this case, DeMarco Ryans gets hired by Houston. He was defensive coordinator in San Francisco, seems like a good young up-and-coming coach. Eric Bieniemy doesn't get hired by whoever, Colts. Colts hire, uh, that's Shane Steiker, whatever his name is. I, I, I will say there's a little bias uh, when it comes to appearance or character, physical characteristics. I think the handsome guys have an advantage over the ugly guys. The, the fit guys have an advantage over the um, fat guys. I said this for years with Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell, they'd earned a chance, but they didn't present well in front of the camera. It didn't matter that one was white, one was black. They just were both a little too uh, sloven looking. They're not. I'm sure they worked hard. They got to where they are, but they just didn't look good. Look at Cliff Kingsbury, who got the job when he was in Texas Tech and won nothing. He got the job in the NFL because of how he looked. It helped John McVay, helped a lot of these guys. And I think you see that with the Colts' new coach, or this guy Jonathan Gannon, who was terrible in the super bowl, but he got a job and, you know, had a good year, great year, defensive coordinator Philly. Anyway, a couple things about the enemy. He's an offensive coordinator for a great offense and great quarterback, but he's not the offensive coordinator. Everyone knows it. Andy Reid's the best offensive coach. He's calling the plays. Uh, He's kind of riding the coattails. And secondly, I never even knew this, but, um, uh, uh, the resume for, for B enemy. I shouldn't say I didn't know it. I must've known it at the time he's had a lot of trouble and I'm, maybe they look at it and they just think personally, we don't want to deal with that with our head coach. He's, he was in college, arrested in a bar fight, disorderly conduct fighting in public. Uh, one year arrested for shoving a firefighter. Another time arrested in Colorado grabbing a female parking attendant by the neck and threatening her. Uh, Another 2001, arrested on DUI uh, when he was with the Colorado uh, coaching staff. Um, In Colorado, he was accused of using alcohol and sex to uh, lure recruits. I mean, it's a long rap sheet here. And maybe that came, maybe that was the consideration maybe because they didn't think he was calling the plays and Reed was calling the plays. Maybe they think he's riding the coattails of a great young quarterback, whatever. I'm sure they have their reasons, but none of that matters. If you're a a member of the mainstream media, all you do is look and say, "Wow, well, he's, he's not, he's not white. No wonder they didn't hire him. Why is it somehow okay to just look, obsess over race when it comes to the coach, but nothing else. We would never think, Oh, they just drafted that guy. Cause he's white. Oh, they traded for that guy. Cause he's white. Cause if you did that, you wouldn't survive. It's a meritocracy. You must win. Winning is all that matters. You can't think something like race, something irrelevant, like skin color matters. You wouldn't, it, no one would except when it comes to hiring the most important guy in your organization in that regard, Bob Costas, Jake Tapper, and many, many others. Hell, spins like a whole website devoted to this. You must win to survive. You must win. That's all people. And yet you look at Eric Biennemi and say, I don't want to hire him. He's black. All right, let's get to it. Let's play a, a little bit of uh, Jake Tapper and Bob Costas before we go. I mean, we don't have to. We know what they're going to say, but <laughs> can we hear from
1: him anyway? So let's just ask the question on the table. Would Eric Biennemi be yeah. a head coach today if he have to conclude that is likely, but I want to stipulate by saying that not every individual situation necessarily personifies a larger truth. But Eric Biennemi, having said that, Eric Biennemi has interviewed 15 times with 14 different teams, the Jets twice, over the last few years for a head coaching spot. Now, all 32 positions have been filled. There are four black head coaches in the National Football League, and two, Robert Sala with the Jets, and Ron Rivera in Washington who are minority coaches. Four, black head coaches. In 2018, the season began with seven. So instead of continued progress, it seems like there's a lurch forward and then a fall back in this ongoing effort to reach some kind of fairness. It doesn't have to be exact equity. It doesn't have to match up to the number of black players within the league. But clearly, something is wrong here systemically. Now, when it comes to B Enemy, this is what you hear, that sure, he's a good coach, but he's the offensive coordinator under Andy Reid. Andy Reid designs the offense, and in fact, he calls the plays. Even Reid himself, who has endorsed B Enemy as an excellent head coaching candidate, has said maybe he's got to go someplace else to be the offensive coordinator with full authority to prove himself.
0: Uh, it's, I mean, did, he had 15 interviews. Was one of them, did he interview for the Eagles job when they hired Nick Sirianni? Did he interview for the uh, I don't know, Bills job when they hired Sean McDermott? Because uh, I don't think they regret what they did. The Eagles hired a white guy and they w- went to the Super Bowl and he had a great year. I, I think they feel pretty good about their coach. But according to Bob Costas, they should have hired Eric bien because, because why? Because he had 15 interviews. <laughs> Maybe he's not a good interviewer <laughs> and should Houston have hired him? Cause they went and hired uh, DeMarco Ryans. He must've had a great interview. He had a great season, but anyway, you know, it was coming. It'll, it, it's like every year it's you just mark your calendar to it. These guys make this completely hollow, illogical argument on why uh, suddenly at this time of year, this one time, owners of GMs are all racist. But anyway, we got to leave it there. Thanks to everyone for uh, listening. Thank you, Ironhead. Uh, We will uh, we we have an interview coming up tomorrow. We think it's a good one. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, we will get to that. We'll leave it there for today. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Here Shaking my head Something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Or am I standing on the edge of the
2: end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm
1: not. Take- like the show? Leave a five star review on Apple and Spotify.